because Jesus lives, we have hope for tomorrow. Well, our message today is uh, God's power in nature and his people on this uh, day of prayer for camp. Uh, First section, the mark that camp makes. They were joining with other churches across Canada in a day of prayer for camp. Did you ever attend a Christian camp growing up? What impressions did it leave you with? I started out as a camper at Camp Bimini, a United Church camp near St. Mary's, Ontario. It was inland, not on a lake, so used a swimming pool for swimming instructions. I think I achieved tadpole status my first year. I learned to make crafty items with rickrack and popsicle sticks. I was introduced to archery, which I really enjoyed, and ended up getting my own fiberglass bow later. For the first time, I was away from my home and my parents for an extended period in a safe environment with friendly counselors. In later years, I would return as a counselor myself, learning responsibility for younger children, some basic interpersonal skills. Of course, I learned lots of camp songs that are still ingrained in my memory from the sublime, It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Tunes are ridiculous. Little rabbit frou-frou hopping through the forest, picking up the field mice and not being very nice to the mice. Uh, But the good fairy came down and threatened to turn little rabbit frou-frou into a goon. And unfortunately, little rabbit frou-frou persisted in this nasty behavior and so was turned into a goon. And so, of course, since it was a church camp, there is a moral to the story. And the moral of the story, as you all recall, is hair today, goon tomorrow. Ah, each day we look forward to tuck shop, and there's no experience quite like being gathered around a summertime campfire where the sky is getting dark. The stars are coming out and firelight is flickering on the faces of other campers gathered in a circle. It's almost mystical. Later in high school, I helped as a counselor for junior boys camp for one week, a couple of summers at Frontier Lodge in the eastern townships of Quebec near Sherbrooke. This was a brethren camp. Staff rose at 5.30 each morning to pray for half an hour on our knees together in the director's cabin. And at 6 o'clock, it was time for the infamous morning dip. No matter what the temperature was, campers and staff lined up in their swim trunks for the compulsory plunge into the unwelcoming Lake Wallace before running back shivering and dripping to change into something warmer at their cabins. Great hygiene, even if it reminds one of a little bit of a military boot camp. My camp name was Trim, and I ran a tree and ropes course, teaching how to make various knots with rope, and we built a zip line from trees near the shore down into the lake. I suspect insurance policies have tightened up since then, but at least no one got seriously hurt. Of course, there was daily chapel, and counselors received extra discipleship training with the camp chaplain, Mike Wilkins, and director Phil Geldart, who shared with us insights into God's heart from the book of Jeremiah. This camp included emphasis on Jesus' return and the rapture and the importance of receiving forgiveness for our sin and developing a personal relationship with God. To see young boys coming to understand the good news for the first time was always exciting. What memories of camp do you have? What role, if any, did it play in your own spiritual journey? I know for this shy young farm boy from Perth County, it drew me deeper in my faith 
and exposed me to interactions and activities and responsibilities I might not otherwise have had. Today we're looking at just a couple of basic thrusts from Psalm 114, coupled with two camp-related videos. Now there are two main points. Getting out into nature reminds us of the one who transcends nature, and tenting can remind us of our need for the one who wants to indwell us. And uh, just a note from our tech team, uh, unfortunately we skipped announcements, but we'll not overlook them. We'll get back to them right after the sermon, so hang in there. Uh, you won't want to miss that. First section, getting out into nature, reminds us of the one who transcends nature. Psalm 114 is tied closely to the heart of Jewish culture and worship. Each year at the Passover meal, Psalm 113 and Psalm 114 were sung before the meal started. So you can imagine Jesus and the apostles probably sang these even the, the last night at the Last Supper. Uh, Psalm 114 recalls the origin of the Jewish nation being freed from slavery in Egypt. We call this departure from the land of bondage the Exodus, literally going out. It should not have happened. Who allows a whole bunch of slaves to escape when you have taskmasters and an army in place to keep them victimized? But God's deliverance of the Hebrews was accomplished through a series of miracles. Psalm 114, verse 3. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan turned back. Inanimate objects are personified, behaving as if they are people. New Living Translation puts it, The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of their way. The water of the Jordan River turned away. This recalls the parting of the Red Sea in Exodus 14.21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. Also, after 40 years and the Hebrews finally entered the Promised Land, the Jordan River had its waters stopped in flood stage, Joshua 3.15. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. God's sovereignty and control over the forces of nature was clearly demonstrated. Verse 4 of Psalm 114 recalls the earth shaking when the people assembled at Mount Sinai. Uh, verse 4, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. And just how do you make a mountain skip? Of course, the language is figured or referring to the ground shaking. Exodus 19:18, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. When the very ground trembles, people become afraid immediately. Another supernatural event is recalled in verse 8 of Psalm 114. Who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Now, this can refer to a couple of occasions on the journey of the Hebrews from Egypt to Palestine. Once the Lord commanded Moses to strike the rock to bring forth water for the people. The other time, he was simply to speak to the rock for the same reason, but in anger struck the rock instead. 
first instance is Exodus 17:6. I'll stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. The second instance was Numbers 20:11, And Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. The Lord assuaged their thirst both times and kept them alive in the remote wilderness, a place where apparently there is no water to be had. Camping gets us out into nature, away from the comforts and conveniences of home, away from our human devices and supports, forcing us to manage with just the barest essentials. It brings us into a new environment where we can begin to notice again the other life forms, trees, birds, Creatures that scuttle and crawl through the bush. Other life forms we generally pass right by without noticing. It brings us face to face with the power of the elements of nature. I recall one thunderstorm in a camper trailer with my family on the shore of Lake Superior in particular. Camping reminds us there are forces in the universe greater than ourselves. It shatters the cocoon of our self-absorption. Brought face to face with nature's elements, a very logical question presents itself. How did all this get here? We know we didn't make it. There is what's called the cosmological argument for God's existence. As Hebrews 11.3 puts it, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. There is a beforeness that points to God's being supernatural beyond nature in order to produce it. Colossians 1.16, for by him, Jesus, God's son, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Getting outside and camping reminds us of the one who transcends nature, is beyond it. As the song goes, In the stars is handiwork I see, On the wind he speaks with majesty. Before we proceed to our next point, let's hear a word from our sponsor for this day of prayer for camp. Here's an up update on our nearby EMCC-affiliated camps, Stainer and Mishawa from Evergreen Christian Ministries. Greetings from Stana Camp. Hello from Camp Mishawa. Hello to all our camp friends and supporters. We wanted to give you a quick update on our camp plans for Stainer and Mishawa this summer. There's still a lot of uncertainty of what we can and can't do to COVID, but we're still moving ahead with planning what we can, so we're ready to go when we're able to open. Our hope and our prediction is that at the very least, similar to last summer, we will be able to open up for camping and accommodation rentals. So we are very happy to announce that uh, we have begun the opening process here at Stainer Camp. Uh, for our private trailer owners and private cottage owners. However, we are still not open for overnight camp. Our public washrooms are not open and none of our public buildings are open. Unfortunately, we've had to cancel Heroes on the Move camps this year uh, due to COVID. 
However, we're still very excited about the new Scripture Union sports camps and uh, Fantastical Studios for our arts camp. We've also had to cancel our normal planned family camp as well. We do want to invite people to come up and stay in their trailers and their cottages. Come and once we're able to come and camp uh, overnight or for the week. We are planning on having our cabins and our lodge open as well once the campground is open for overnight or weekly camping. We really are looking forward to you coming up and visiting us and being able to connect with each other as a community here at Stainer Camp. We are hoping to be able to offer some activities and stuff during the normal family camp two weeks, but we are still gonna have to follow regulations set before us, so we'll just have to see as time goes uh, what all we're gonna be able to do that way. Unfortunately, we are unable to open at Mishwa quite yet, but as soon as we get the go-ahead from Renfrew Public Health, we would be excited to welcome back our seasonal campers. We have hired a great seasonal staff team, and they will be ready to serve you and help to make your camping experience enjoyable. Due to the uncertainty of what things will look like because of COVID this summer, and the very strict guidelines we would have to follow in order to open, we made the difficult decision to not carry through with youth camps this summer. We will be putting our efforts into Mission in a Box instead. Plans are well underway to create a fun at-home camp experience for kids this summer. As long as we are given a green light by public health, we will be running a COVID-safe modified program for the four weeks of family camp. Our kitchen team has already made plans for takeout meals this summer during family camp. We're even arranging an option where family campers can sign up ahead of time for meals. Watch our website for this great option coming soon. And once again, we look forward to welcoming people throughout the month of August for unstructured camping. We will keep you updated with new information and timelines as we have them. So keep an eye on social media and your email inbox. If you are not receiving the emails and want to do that, then you can sign up for them on the Stainer or Michelle website. We want to say a big thank you to all of our campus supporters. In 2020, we were so blessed to end the year in a positive financial position. This is because of being able to open up during the summer for camping, taking advantage of several government grants, as well as the generosity of you, our supporters. We are so grateful for all the support that we received from all of you over this last year. All those of you who came up to stay at camp uh, through the summer, uh, all of you that have continued to uh, give donations, uh, all of you who continued to help us uh, by giving of your time uh, and your skills with different projects, and all of those who have continued to pray for us as a ministry and as a camp as we move forward, uh, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's only through your support that we are able to offer life-changing camp ministry. This year we still need your support for camp ministry. You can support us by coming up to camp. By giving financially through one-time and monthly donations. By volunteering your time and skills. And by praying for us. Please pray for the health and safety of all the campers and staff at both Stainer and Mishawa. Pray for us as we make plans and 
implement and follow COVID guidelines. And pray that everyone who comes in contact with our camps will be impacted by the life-changing love of Jesus. We know that God will continue to use our camps no matter what happens this summer. We are hopeful and excited. And we're looking forward to seeing you at camp this summer. outdoor surroundings and facilities at our church campgrounds and dedicated staff who are making plans the best they can given changing circumstances. Our own church here in Chapel has budgeted $1,000 this year for Evergreen Christian Ministries. But if you can support our camps either by attending and renting or donating or lending some time for grounds upkeep, they would welcome your help. My second and final main point today from Psalm 114 is tenting can remind us of our need for the one who wants to indwell us. Or boiled down, Christian camping reminds us God is out there beyond nature, but also seeks to be in here, living inside us by faith in Christ. Look closely at the first couple of verses of Psalm 114, which we noted was very tied up with Jewish identity. Uh, it says, when Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. Judah became God's sanctuary. That's a place for the divine to dwell. When the Hebrews were wandering in the wilderness, their perception was that they needed to take care of their camp because God himself was present with them. This was visibly represented by the pillar of cloud by day, which changed to a pillar of fire by night. Deuteronomy 23:14. For the Lord your God moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you. Your camp must be holy, so that he will not see among you anything indecent and turn away from you. Does the Lord self-identify as a camper? Always mobile, always on the move, not bolted down? When King David is inspired to build a temple for God, David is reminded by a revelation through the prophet Nathan, 2 Samuel 7, 6. God says, I've not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Subsequently, God did allow the Jews to build temples, but his real goal is something far more radical. God seeks to indwell people you and me. We saw last week that Ezekiel prophesied in 36.27, I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Jesus said his followers would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, and that the spirit, John 14.17, he lives with you and will be in you. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 6.19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Tenting, particularly Christian camping, can remind us of the one who seeks to camp out in us, to indwell us. Judah became God's sanctuary, the psalm says, and goes on to add, Israel his dominion. To be a dominion means to be the place where the king reigns, 
the realm or space where the king has power and control? Does God have that ownership, that say, that rule in your life? Have you yielded to Jesus as Lord and Savior? Christian camping gives people a remarkable opportunity to be introduced to Jesus and to respond to his invitation. Our concluding video today includes some testimonies of people who've benefited from Christian camp ministry and come to know the Lord more intimately through it. I actually got saved at a Bible camp, and so I knew that once I grew up, I just wanted to have that same influence on kids as my leaders had had on me, so that's when I started um, working at camp. Going to camp and meeting people, finding Christian friends that I actually really liked and really wanted to be around was like a whole different experience for me, and yeah, it just kind of opened up like a whole new world to me. I grew up in a Christian home and went to church, but it was at camp where I really felt I really met with Jesus. Uh, dans ma vie, au camp, Dieu m'a vraiment appris uh, comment vraiment aimer ma Bible, uh, avoir la patience, et, uh, mais plus que tout, uh, vraiment, c'est comment aimer les autres uh, pour de vrai. It made a huge difference to me to have friends who were Christians. I sort of felt like that kind of carried me throughout my school year. The whole intention of camp is to be able to both introduce students to the life-giving reality of Jesus Christ and help other kids go deeper in their relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the focus. We, we pray into it. We prepare for it. Literally, we order the minutes of the day to help facilitate it. And when you have that kind of intentionality taking place, how can transformation not happen? When God lands in the heart of a child, they're transformed. I really I believe that. And so for the earlier they can have God land in their heart, probably the, the more impact, right? The longer they have a life that can be filled with beauty and hope and joy. And... We live in such a distracted world that when you go to camp for a week, so many of those distractions get removed. And so it's just so effective in helping you to focus on God. Yeah, I think just having a chance to love some of these kids that honestly I don't know are loved, if they're loved. And our staff just be able to pour love into them. We're like, even if it's the only thing they remember is that they were loved for one week and they can be like, yeah, that's a place where I felt loved and remember that for their whole life. It's important. Uh, seeing campers transform uh, even within the week is really, really joyful. Uh, seeing their posture being closed to the end, um, their countenance will change, uh, they're engaged, they're praying, they're growing in their faith. So even to see them in one week is amazing, uh, but then to see them come back uh, year after year and to see the change that's uh, sustained, even when they're not at camp, is really I am so convinced of the need for the local church and camp to come together in a, in a really strategic and unified way to shape the next generation. At camp we definitely see a need for the church partnership, um, for a staff, for volunteers, for kitchen help, for finances, for prayer, and things like that. And then my hope and prayer is that the church would also see their need for camp ministry because we sometimes can reach a unique um, group of kids that sometimes the churches can't and so um, really partnering with the camps and discipling those 
um, kids that don't necessarily go to church every Sunday. We need your partnership because uh, these kids and young people, they need you to carry on the ministry. They're done at camp. If for them to be lifelong followers of Jesus, we need, we need your help. We need your partnership. We need your prayer. We need your wisdom and your guidance to, to continue that on. I, I don't think we can underestimate prayer. If I've learned anything over the years, it's, it's not what we do, it's what we let God do. There are no limits to what God can do. We cannot do it, but He can, and He will. I think Christians should pray for camp ministry because it's front lines ministry with kids where lives can be changed from the time they're eight years old. I think we pray for our leaders that God would give them wisdom beyond their years and experiences that would help them enter into the lives of these young people that many of whom are carrying pain and brokenness that, that is beyond some of our own experiences and that God would allow them to enter in, in a really redemptive way. Yeah, this is an impossible ministry without God's intervention. God is the one who is really working in campers' hearts in the first place. Um, and if that's not happening, if all we're doing is providing you know, fun and food and stuff like that, that's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of campers, to convict them, to, to bring them to a relationship with Jesus. And um, yeah, if we're not praying for that and that's not happening, then what are we doing? <laughs>